former U.S. Army paratrooper, historian, and conspiracy analyst, Tony Arterburn, joined by top researchers and guests, exploring the depths of our hidden history, expose the crimes and cover-ups that plague our civilization and planet, and patrol the borders of our reality. 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 From the parapolitical to the paranormal in the psychological war for your body, soul, and mind. Be a paratruther. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am Tony Arterburn. I'm your host, and this is paratruther we're coming back with another episode i'm here in my branson office uh at the wise wolf gold and studios along with my co-pilot and co-host just off camera is beans the brave as usual and uh i've been wanting to have this guest that i'm bringing on i've, I've wanted to have her on the show for the last year i met her a year ago at a young republicans meeting in rockwall texas now i'm from rockwall and it was really gracious of the young Republicans to have me out last year. And of course, I do. I again, I crossed the Rubicon a long time ago where I ventured into the conspiracy theory of history. Once you do that, you have the mark, which I'm fine to have. And I even said that in my talk. And I went into some things like, well, it's not a coincidence that May 1st is the birthday of the Illuminati. And that's also the, the day that's celebrated worldwide for communism. And I talked about those things. I went into a little bit of conspiracy. Um, but at the end of the talk, um, my guest, she came up to me and said, I really liked your talk. I really wish you would just go harder into the conspiracy. I wish you would lean more into that. And I thought, we need to talk uh, yeah. because that's kind of <laughs> what I do. I was making it palatable for you can't just overwhelm people. But anyway, I want right. to introduce my guest. My guest is Rosalie Escobedo. And uh, welcome to the to Paratruth. Welcome to thank the show. You. Yes, thank you for having me. And I loved that, you know, meeting. I think in, in that meeting, you said you're a fellow Bircher. Right. And so that is also, you know, something I'm involved in. And, and that kind of puts a little mark on you as well. Um, <laughs> what they call conspiracy a lot of times is just vetted research that's about to come to fruition. Right. And we've seen that over and over again in the New American magazine with the John Birch Society. So I'll never you know, forget when I was running for I'll stop. I want to just interrupt real quick. When I was running for Congress in 2013 into 2014 on the Republican ticket. Um, my campaign manager, she was, I think like 22, didn't really, I mean, she was really smart, but didn't know a lot about the, the history of politics. And anyway, I go into the, they said, this, this group wants you to speak about free trade. And, and I was the only candidate running on economic nationalism right. against NAFTA and GAD and, and the TPP really hammering that. And I'm going to this meeting and there's all these screens up and they're talking about nafta and they're talking about you know the uh, free trade is the trojan horse of global government all this stuff and i go i'm in a john birch society meeting and that's the, <laughs> that's when i real i'm like oh so cool and uh, i got to meet my friend ann lieber and i said uh there's no other candidates that have joined the john birch society have they and they're like no i'm like well i'll join right now i, I just <laughs> I was, i've been reading about it never went to a meeting so yeah i'm um, happy to be a i'm still i pay my dues every year yeah. and get a copy of the new american magazine yeah and, you know it's we'll get into a little bit of this too rosalie it's i, I 
I, I'm not interested so much in politics anymore. I study it as, uh, mm -hmm. as intel. I study it as kind of like what Sun Tzu said to know yeah. your enemy. I'm really yeah. turned off by it. Maybe you can reinvigorate uh, <laughs> my, my, my interest in it because yeah. it's been a hard departure. But um, before we get into that, tell people about yourself. I mean, you've sure. got an interesting background. Tell us about your family background and who you yeah. are and what you do. Okay. Um, so, you know, I was born in El Paso, Texas, border baby. Uh, so kind of know that the ins and outs, my family is on the Wada side and the El Paso side in Mexico and the United States. So that was my upbringing, moved to the North Texas area, went to law school, uh, actually graduated the Katrina class. So I'm a lawyer that doesn't practice. Um, and I've lived in Houston, Dallas, New Orleans, Las Vegas, kind of like the entire Southwest, everything from the uppermost port of, you know, California, Arizona, all the way down to Louisiana. So it's like a Johnny Cash song or something. Exactly. Right. And so we really, we love travel. That's part of our family. My dad actually built uh, the uh, air traffic control towers throughout the country, but at Dallas Fort Worth. So um, just a really like well-traveled family super nerds. We all have like our own lanes that we just voraciously read and, and just want to know because knowledge, you know, creates ideas coupled with God equals wisdom. And then we can offer solutions in these areas that are super complex. So um, I had kind of a pivotal moment, I would say about 12, 13 years ago, kind of like a come to Jesus moment. My lifestyle radically changed. Um, and it was in the process that I prayed to God and said, I was by family, a Democrat. So I said, I'm going to give politics to you. I'm going to give government to you. And you just tell me how to vote <laughs> because I was that lost in the process. And so the Holy spirit told me you can only vote for pro-choice candidates. And so that not only made me Republican, but it made me pretty far right Republican. <laughs> and so everything radically changed. I, um, what you I meant pro-life by the way, I think that's yeah, right. Oh, did I say it wrong? I'm sorry. That's it's okay. I mean, yes, 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 yes. Definitely pro-life. Pro yes, yes. Um, and so, you know, kind of fast forward whenever it came to politics, I have an undergraduate degree in political science and my politics completely flipped. And so I got really involved around the time of Donald Trump, his first campaign. So I did all the things, the block walking, the campaigning, um, really boots on the ground from the humblest level. Um, and so now I'm still at the lowest level, which is like your precinct chair, you know, your party secretary, assistant secretary, um, doing those sort of things, the true grassroots, right? Um, doing the conventioning process, uh, delegate. I was able to be a national delegate alternate. None of that stuff really matters to me. Titles don't really matter to me. Outcomes is what matters to me. So um, kind of bringing it up to speed, what I've started to see is a lot of victories at the local level, um, at the state level in the state of Texas, it's still a battle, right? Um, at the national level, it's, you know, so we're really trying to take this model of to down to your, you know, your trustee, your ISD races, your, your 
city council races, we'll start flipping that and try and make a bottom up trajectory. <laughs> and so one thing that, you know, you said that you identify as I as well, I'm a paleo conservative. So I do believe that the path forward is going backwards. We've got to get some morality. We've got to understand the Constitution. We've got to understand the biblical foundation and principles, and that will push us forward. So we are missing the mark on a lot of different levels. And so if we can get back to, you know, the meat and the heart of who we are as Americans, as Christians, we will move forward with wisdom and strategy from God. So it's not totally lost. I know it's really easy to get jaded and, you know, turned off. By by, for the record, I don't think it's totally lost. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for the re I'm not blackpilled. Yes. I, I hear that a lot. And I, I think it's kind of a psyop to get at people to it's, it's kind of like the opposite of QAnon. QAnon was, was to get people like, oh, just watch this. We've got it. Don't have to yes, do anything. Right. Black pills kind of the same vein of that where it's mm -hmm. it's too late. You can't do anything. Right. And I'm thinking, you know, they ran this kind of op back in Russia during mm -hmm. the uh, Bolshevik revolution called Operation Trust. And I'm like, that's where it's just neutralizing people in different ways. So sure. I'm not I'm not of the mind that, that it's too far gone. I just think the current tools we have don't really work and you're you know we're talking about the two-party system and we can talk a little bit about that but just when you mention grassroots that's where everything is yes and, and it's it's very counterintuitive because we see the big show you want to go to the where the money is in washington mm -hmm. dc which is basically babylon do you right. want to go there um I, you know, I ran for con i'm so glad i didn't win you know i was friends with congressman ralph hall i ran against him then i was you know helping him his campaign and I was a surrogate speaker for him and, and we got to be friends after he was out of power. But I go to Washington, D.C. and it was bad then. And uh, I, talk, I have friends that are still in the political game and they're just like, it's so bad. Tony. You would hate I it. Here. So yeah. I, I know that so much of our politics is broken. But when you mentioned being a paleo con, Rosalie, uh, I got to be, a, you know, into the the, the writing of, of Pat Buchanan when uh, mm -hmm. I got my la part of my last tour, right when I was getting back from uh, Iraq, I picked up a copy of Pat Buchanan's The Death of the West. Mm -hmm. Really changed my life. It was such a, I mean, eye-opening book. I think you even came, I talked about that. Yeah, yeah. When I was down yep. in December. Um, but it, it's really, it's, again, it's that paleocon mm -hmm. act to tradition, back to the catacombs. What makes us great? Like, what is a nation? Like, that's a, that's a good question. You know, like in, in our modern age, we're told that diversity is a strength. If everybody's different, then that's a strength. But mm -hmm. I, there's no record of that working in history. Like there's no, right. what, what's the latest from the Roman Empire? They had a right. lot of that towards the end. I mean, they're gone. Yeah. I mean, there's there's just a lot of there's a lot of evidence pointing towards tradition makes a country. And that's it doesn't mean race. What that means is heroes, history, uh, language, culture. All, all those, you know, the Bible talks about, uh, was it uh, tongue and tribe, you know? And so, mm -hmm. again, there's, there's, a, there's so much evidence to point to what makes a civilization is, is, is collective ideas and shared beliefs. Yep. And we've lost that in this country. And I think mm -hmm. mainly on purpose, I think that America has, was targeted to be br broken apart. I think we were, we were at one time a very strong nation just sure impregnable you, you couldn't have you couldn't have gotten rid of us the only way to get rid of us or to set us on this path that we're on now is just yeah. is to 
if you look at the if you reverse engineer it it seems pretty clear like you mm -hmm. hindsight 2020 and we maybe talk about that but yeah i agree with you um you've you've chosen some activism in politics and i applaud you for that <laughs> um, I, I think it's fine Look, I, I'm down on politics mainly because I, I get bored with it because sure. you, you watch the talking heads and you watch yeah. the Sunday shows. Nobody says yeah. anything anymore. Yeah, you can predict it like the ping pong, right? You're going to say this, then you're going to say this, then you're going to say this. Like there's not a lot of revelation that's being put into it. There's not a lot of newness. Um, and I wanted to tell you something about the death of the West. So I was actually at a Christian conference uh, but the Christian conference was not your typical church people. These are people that are outside of the church that are radically on fire for Christ. And one of the things that they did say, and this was an off record element, but it is a fact that can be looked up. And it brought me back to our book, The Death of the West, is that it is predicted based on the birth models in the United Kingdom that by 2050, it will be a majority Muslim nation. Well, right. So, yeah. And that's. Come on, that's just around the corner, right? And and these are things that it's not to be a shock factor. It's not to be even like derogatory, but you can look at birth rates and then you can look at the birth rates like it talks about the death of the West of the rest of Europe, right? They're not producing at that same, we're, even in the United States, we're not producing at the same rates as South America and Central America. And with the open floodgates that are our Southern border, we're going to see a very similar trajectory in the United States of America. Now, the hope also is just because in 2050, it's predicted to be a majority Muslim nation, there are a lot of conversions that are happening from Muslim to Christianity that are being marked everywhere. So that's not something that's necessarily all is gone. Our biggest ally in this, you know, in the world is not going to be our ally anymore, you know. So just that thing brought it all the way back to our book and our book study. And he wrote that how many years ago, right? And so we're seeing these ideas play out in reality, real time. And so that's just something I wanted to make note of. I found that fascinating. It's a good note. And, you know, and some other stats, facts, and figures. Mm -hmm. uh, Pat Buchanan for the, I knowing this, but you go look at uh, Europe, you're talking about population replacement levels of birth rates. Sure. The only country in Europe that has a a birth rate above population replacement level is Muslim Albania. Every other, the natural native born population is declining and dying. Same thing with the United States. And mm -hmm. lucky for us, and I've said this for years, I, I don't want mass immigration. I don't want illegal immigration. I, I think that immigration can be healthy. We've had, we've had waves in this country before. Mm -hmm. It was mostly Eurocentric. Um, you know, we had shared beliefs and things like common churches, and at least even if, even if it was Catholic, it was still in right. the realm of Christianity and the Western tradition. Um, that changed in 1965 with Ted Kennedy's bill, the Immigration Act of 1965, reorienting the uh, the uh, origins of where immigrants come from legally. And our southern border and going down into Mexico and into South America, at least we're getting and again, you're still getting criminals. You're still getting, you know, sure. uh, traffickers, all these kind of people. But you get family people, too. OK, mm -hmm. you get Catholics. Yes. Uh, so lucky for us. I mean, Europe has a different faith. I mean, True. we still have some commonality with this hemisphere. Europe is uh, in a, on a lot worse track. I remember yeah. when I went when I was running for office and I went and met with APAC. 
which yeah. is the American Israeli Political Action Committee. And I went with they had they had a lot of questions for me because I was anti-war and anti-foreign aid and so on and so forth. And I, I said what you just said about how, um, you know, more more people in in Great Britain go to mosque on Friday than people go to church on Sunday. And the number one baby name is Muhammad. And so demographics are destiny. If yes. you want to know, if you want to figure out where you're going, you look at the dem the demography. That's another thing I talk about on my show a lot. So I, we live in a, in a really interesting time, and I think there's a lot of opportunity. Mm -hmm. You mentioned winning people over to to Christianity and faith, and I, I think that's magnificent um, because it really is. This is a spiritual and psychological yes. war for the future. Um, and I, again, I, I want to, I applaud you for politics. I don't, I can't do it anymore. I, I can yeah. go and speak and I, and I, I appreciate when people invite me and I'm happy to go over history and stuff. I, I don't know if I could run again, maybe yeah. just for fun. If I found somebody I really didn't like, and I just want right. to follow them around and make them look <laughs> stupid, which is, I mean, that it's really possible. I could find yeah. somebody I don't like pretty quick in politics, but there might, you might, uh, have some room over there in Rockwall to make uh, that I happen. I might have some. I might, you know, I'm, well, I, you know, I'm right now I moved back to Texas most of the time. I've got my, I've got a senior in high school, uh, my son, Houston, and I'm living in Denison. So I float mm -hmm. back and forth between sure. my, just my office and Branson. And so Beans and I are always on the road. We're either going to Denison, we're coming back to Branson. And I, um, so I'm, I'm pretty busy. But um, I wanted to mention, there's a quote from Plato about this, mm -hmm. the philosopher. Uh, you know, he says, that uh, if you ignore politics, you get you end up being governed by your inferiors. Like if you mm -hmm. think politics is beneath you. Yep. So I, I don't think it's beneath me. I just I like to talk to people like you because I've just kind of reached a different, you know, I've seen the inside of I've been, sure. I've been, you know, and I know how brutal the game is. And I see these Sunday talk shows and I, I, even the the people that we have nationally, if you want to call them our people, because I'm of the right. Sure. I admit that. I mean, I'm proud of that. I tell people yeah. I'm a John Birch Society guy. You know, I'm I'm a right wing extremist, but I'm right wing. Like, um, do you do you know who Gary Allen is? You ever heard of the I name Gary Allen? Yes, he wrote, I have. Well, he was a John Birch Society writer. It is mm -hmm. he he wrote a book called None Dare Call It Conspiracy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Great. I book. actually have started reading some of that book, and it is fantastic. It's like one of the books that spoke the most to me. I'm like. This is what we're talking about. This is the communism that we're talking about. Right. And he called it way back then. Way back. So these were like, yeah. and there was some real journalism that went back in the, mm -hmm. the you know, the 60s, the 70s. And that's why I'm a member of, of the JBS, because they have, they've archived it. Yes. It's conspiracy theory backed up by, not. It, yeah. I love the conspiracy theory is a term thrown out by the Central Intelligence Agency, sure. and the FBI, you know, after the Kennedy assassination to make you look stupid for, for reading. You know, and that's what, and it's funny now that I've gotten older and I've kind of crossed those thresholds and I look at court historians and just go, you're so weak. Like you yeah. did, you skip pages. You went, I mean, it, yeah, yeah. if you take out real research at history looks silly and that's what, mm -hmm. you know, that's what they yeah. teach in schools is silly history where no one does anything like no yeah. one, no one plans anything, Rosalie. It's all an accident. We're all bumping into each other, which is ridiculous. But I, I want to talk about, uh, where we are, I want to I want to know what you yeah. what you think about the next year and this election. And uh, don't be afraid. I don't care who sure. you're supporting. I want to know what you because you you've obviously you're well read and you're well traveled and you you've you've you're working on the ground level. 
Yeah. What are people seeing and saying and, and what, what's your, what's your, so I have encouragement actually, um, at the grassroots level. So we're talking about your County executive committee, you know, precinct chairs, the people that are elected at the lowest level. Um, you are seeing them rise up from county to county to county. And let's say, for example, what happened with Ken Paxton, right? There were a lot of resolutions that were written saying we condemn the people that voted against Ken Paxton. We condemn this farce, um, you know, the whole process. Tarrant County, the county that we're in, we voted to it. It was something like 113 to 3, like overwhelmingly. Like they they didn't stand a chance any opposition, so you're seeing the grassroots not only get more vocal, but you're seeing them gain those wins. And then what you're seeing is when someone steps up in bravery, it's like a domino effect. This county does it. This county does it. This county does it. In another county, and so then you're seeing this next wave of maybe censures that are happening. And um, you know, people argue, well, is it good? Is it bad? Does it have any teeth? Um, some of it is really necessary. You know what I mean? To just have some correction from the party saying, we're not okay with what you've been doing. We're going to call you out on it. And we expect higher and better. And we're calling godly, good, you know, constitutionally, you know, knowledgeable, inclined people to step up. And we're willing to put our money on this person after doing due diligence and things like that. And so there's always the battle, right? There's always going to be the battle of the people that are holding power, that are blocking the outsiders out. Those people, which is me, you know, and some of my friends um, are going to be called really bad names, right? Uh, called Democrats. And I'm like, I'm like you, I'm like farther right than most Republicans. Are you kidding me? Um, and my friends are the same way, but they have to name call. But that also means that we're over the target and we're having success. Right. And so you're seeing the grumblings on that level where when the establishment or however you want to say it is trying to hold us down and restrain us. There is such a almost like yelling, like, no, we are not going to put up with this. You know, if we lose money, we we lose money from our old donors. New people will come in. We don't care at this point. Right is right. Wrong is wrong. We are like bulldozing through this way. We're pissed off about 2020. We don't want to go through it again. The election integrity stuff hasn't been fixed. We're pissed off about that. So you're going to hear from us. And so I think that there is, at least within our own party, this segment that just wants us to fall back. You know what I mean? If we could just return to how it was, and then there's this new momentum that's like, that is never happening. There's actually nothing to return to. So get out of your comfort, get out of, you know, just the old ways of doing things. And we're going to have to partner with God on this with strategy, because these are supernatural solutions. You know, there's, there's prophetic formulaic things that you can look at. And at this last conference, I will credit this to Dub Alexander in the School of Kingdom. And he was able to say like, where honor is completely depleted, that's where things don't work anymore. That's where there's chaos. And so it's something I'm attempting, which is to inject honor into something called the GOP, even though it may not have ever been given to me. 
And th things are contagious, right? Like dishonor, disrespect, all of those really volatile things. And you're seeing it play out at the national level in the media. People are like sick of it. Like it's kind of disgusting at this point, right? And it's like, what would something else work? What would it look like? What would work? You know, um, if we introduce some of these kingdom principles into politics and then have politics not look like government, but kingdom governance. And so I'm going to be the guinea pig in this. I'm like literally doing a whole study in the Bible about honor <laughs> right now. I'm kind of like in the midst of it. So I don't have like the, the revelation to provide to you. Um, but what I have seen is it's kind of like sowing and reaping, right? So if you just like so, so, so dishonor and rolling your eyes and just like this, like awfulness into the atmosphere, you're going to get it right back. And your ideas and encouragement and building up armies, because that's what we're doing, right? Like every conversation, it's ministry, but it's also building like your, your kingdom governmental army. Like these are going to be the people that are your allies that you're going to say, I need help with this campaign. I need help with this, you know, and they're like, okay, I'll step up. I'll be a judge. I'll be a poll greeter. I'll go be a volunteer deputy registrar. I'll be a precinct chair with you. I'll go to convention. I'll help you get elected to be a delegate. Like all these things that no one else wanted to do. If you've poured into people and you've honored them and you love them and you've prayed with them, like all the things, they're now your army. So it's very relational in this next season. And it's not fake like the old politics. The old politics was I'm here during campaign season. I said all the things you clapped, you got your picture and you voted for me. Okay, throw you away, right? Unless you're a big donor, you're thrown away. And I think what this new wave of people involved in politics is like, we do life together all the time. We have each other's back. You know, we, we're, we're actual friends and we uplift each other and we're selflessly doing it because I don't want anything out of it. I don't want to be a politician. I don't want fame. I don't want money. I just want my country preserved so that my niece has the best country she could ever have. <laughs> and I want future generations to have better than even what I had as a child. And I'm not, I'm going to fight until I die for that to happen. Well, that's good to hear. Uh, we need more of that. And yeah. you, what you're talking about, there has been in the modern times, it's like a, a certain sect of people and it's and a section of, of, of society that politics calls to them. This is your sociopaths, uh, <laughs> your narcissists, yeah. <laughs> uh, people with devoid of principle, mm -hmm. triangulators, you know, um, people that say, and, and every once in a while we'll, we'll get a, a genuine person like a Pat Buchanan who ran for president right. three times, or Ron Paul, mm -hmm. a, genuine, decent, good human being, you know, um, don't really ever make it, but they make an impact. Ideas matter. Sure. Right. Mm -hmm. I think, and I've been saying this a while, do you remember and look at your history, the history of film? Mm -hmm. They had, uh, the beginning of film was the, the silent movies and they had silent movie stars, right. And then subtitles and, you yeah. know, they play the piano in the, <laughs> in the theater. Yeah all the rest and there was a silent movie and they had a, again they were they were big stars when somebody came out with the talkies mm -hmm. all those stars not all of them crossed over into no. the, the talkies were i think that is kind of what's happening mm -hmm. here 
where the old school, the old way of doing it, you know, when people talk like this, you know, that, yes. and I forget who it was. My dad told me that somebody taught JFK to do that. Now when JFK does this and I'm uh, folks that are listening just on the podcast that have like the thumb on the index finger yeah. at you, because it's not like <laughs> Harry Truman chopped the air and he talked yeah. to you like that. Well, and if, if you point at people, then that's kind of accusatory. Right. But this is very, you know, non-aggressive, but you mm -hmm. see these people doing this and the cadence talk like that. They just went to school for it somehow. Yeah. Right? They just, I don't know. It's they, they paired it and they mimicked other mm -hmm. people. And I just think all of that mm -hmm. is dying. Yes. And, and it's, and it's dying in the church too. Yes. So the same pastors that come up and they, you know, they do the <laughs> things. People are so turned off by them. It's this new wave of podcasters. It's this new wave of YouTube people. It's this new wave of, no names that do documentaries and have conferences and are doing deliverance conferences and all these things. It's the same thing. People are becoming so sickened by the inauthentic and they can smell it a mile away. I'm to give kudos to the next generation. I feel like they have a higher heightened discernment for this stuff. And so they're just so sick of it. They discard it. And that's why you don't see them watching like the mega church pastors and the, you know what I mean? Like they're not fooled by it. Oh, I and, know. It's one, some, there's, a, yeah. there's a trajectory of this, which I want to be hopeful. I mean, you're listening to a show called paratruther. I understand that there were, we're implying that there's, that there, we're living in a lie to, cause we're seeking <laughs> the truth. But I read something the other day and it was kind of hopeful. There was a, there's a glimmer of it, but it said that millennials are outpacing my generation, I'm a Gen X. You're mm -hmm. probably a millennial. I'm pretty sure. Barely. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're a millennial. So Gen X and the boomers are getting outpaced on gold being purchased by millennials. The problem with millennials is they still believe in some kind of system because they're buying paper. They're buying, they're buying the ETFs. Almost millennials, you're getting close, but they, they didn't buy the system. The boomers really bought the dollar system and mm -hmm. fiat currency and Gen Xers are like, yeah, screw the system, but also the dollar's okay, I guess. <laughs> we grew up with it. Yeah. You know, it's always been there. We've been the world's reserve currency. Millennials, you know, came of age during um, the uh, housing collapse and 08 and TARP funds and everything else sure. happened, the Great Recession, whatever you want to call it. So they're more skeptical. And I think Gen Z, my son's generation, will be totally more skeptical. More. So, yeah. You know, there is hope in that. And it's really it's a war of ideas. And that's why I think everything's been accelerated. Like we mm -hmm. they pushed really hard on COVID-1984, the Great Reset, all of this stuff. We see them. They tell us where they are. They tell us who they are. Now we just kind of have to convince the rest of the people who are mm -hmm. still tuning into mainstream media who are still plugged into the system that this isn't working for you. Yeah. You know, the same system that brought you this tyranny, you can't use that same thing to get you out of it. Mm -hmm. You know, the, it's, it's like the, this, you know, we need a different mindset to solve the problem. And I, that's, and it's not about, you know, it's not about a January 6th or anything like that. I'm not the January 6th was a, a tour guide thing uh, <laughs> and a LARP that unfortunately yeah. had a blowback on some really, uh, you know, some people that were really patriotic. And I, yeah. I know some of those people that are still in prison, you know, yeah. uh, met them. Um, but we're just at a point now where this is all psychological and spiritual. And I, 
I think just getting messages out, hearing people like you talk and you got passion and you want, you want to get people in front of information, mm-hmm. uh, you want to get them active and involved. And I think that's great. Uh, especially on the grassroots level. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on, I'm going to switch gears and you can, you can, you can tell me no, if you don't want to answer. Okay. <laughs> but um, what do you think about Texas nationalism? So, you know, there's a part of me that sees where this country is headed, right? So I'm still working through this, right? There's right. there's like two parts, right? Where it feels like at some point there is going to be a line of deviation, right? And probably a separation. And so kind of quashing that, and it's probably Southern and Northern, right? You know, um, I think at one point, like I kind of prayed about it and God gave me a map and I was like, whoa, that's a little scary, right? Where, th- where it was like Florida to, you know, maybe Texas and a couple of, of states. And then, um, you know, then there's the other portion of Texas nationalism. And so it's reconciling, you know, some constitutional stuff, some convention of state stuff that is a little scary, like all of those things. So I'm, I haven't completely arrived at my answer. We've done it before, right? I mean, it could be done again. It, when you look at our economy, when you look at the resources that we have in Texas, um, if it if it came down to it, um, you know, I'm, I'm a Texan. I'm a Texan before I'm an American. <laughs> you know how we are in Texas, right? So yeah, so I haven't firmly folded out my stance yet. I'm willing to look at everything, um, but I just haven't arrived at that. This is the way it is. This is the way it should be. So. Well, I understand for the record, I'm for it. And I didn't used to be when I ran for office. I, you know, one of my heroes is Sam Houston. He was in a Mm -hmm. book called profiles of courage by Mm -hmm. uh, John F. Kennedy. And uh, as a profile in courage, he stood for the union. He stood against breaking up. He stood against the Confederacy because of principle. And he was a protege of Andrew Jackson, who threatened to hang John C. Calhoun when he was going to, you know, go down in South Carolina and start the, you know, the separation early back in the 1820s. So I know history. And Mm -hmm. I said, uh, you know, I have Sam Houston. I have a tattoo of Sam Houston's uh, autograph. I'm not supposed to, my son's name is Houston. I I named it. That's one of my heroes. And you mentioned honor earlier. It's a great story about Sam Houston. He had a little tiny gold ring, and that's what it said on the inside. Oh, yeah. So you might want to look that story. Yeah. If you ever given a talk, you could just I love it. it. Actually, we have a Sam Houston council that meets every single month that my best friend is president of. So I want to get that story because she can oh, sure. least, well, I know she can open with it. Yeah. <laughs> one, of my, one of my heroes, and uh, and again, my I named my son after him because he, he he inspired me when I was serving in the military reading biographies of, of Sam. Um, but what I wanted to say is I've changed my mind since then. Hmm. And the reason I was against it was saying, well, you know, I serve with people from Ohio and California sure. and New York, and I love this country. By the way, I do love America. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, Thomas Jefferson was correct, I think, when he was speaking about liberty really only existing in smaller republics. Mm-hmm. When you get to a certain size, you know, the bigger the government, the smaller the citizen. Mm-hmm. Just That's just I think that's how it works. Yeah. Um, I'm for freedom. I'm for liberty. Uh, I'm for what works for it, as long as it enhances the human capability and spirit and mm-hmm. allows for us to grow and become what God wants us to be, which is, I think is to be creative. 
and to make things yeah. uh, and to build and to make things better. Um, we're not just meant to be consumers and get mm -mm. UBI and, you know, scan our iris on world coin no, no, and, no. and die. I don't like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm uh, for the record. That's satanic. Yes. Um, and I speak <laughs> that against it every single day, but so I'm for, if there's a legal way to do it, uh, mm -hmm. I think you should first try nullification, you know, and I remember hearing Greg Abbott when I ran for Congress and this was, he was attorney general at the time. He's now the governor of Texas. Mm -hmm. Amazingly, he keeps going. Yeah. Um, but I remember he's like, I get up every morning and I sue Barack Obama. This is back in 2013. And I go, why? It doesn't go anywhere. Why don't you just use the ninth and 10th amendment and not do the things that they, I mean, it, it, it's, it's a hollow yeah. response, right? Yeah. And that's what we've been doing. It doesn't right. work. Um, yeah. So these Republicans, these establishment guys, it's like, the game is rigged where you but get it's, you have to or having to. What's that? Go ahead. Say again. Sorry. It just kind of chopped up. Go right ahead. Oh, you were saying it, it, it. I think you were just talking about, I think you're alluding to a controlled opposition. Type well, yeah. Well, Greg Abbott, and we still see it to this day, right? He'll tell you something about the border. I'm doing X, Y, and Z when there's other things and other things in the Texas constitution that he could actually do, but he'll just kind of say, you know, look at these, you know, buoys that I have out, look at the gator that I put in the water, but it's like, well, why don't you just call it an invasion? And then we could actually do something about this problem. So it's, it's like the band-aid media quick fix, boost the ratings for low integrity voters without actually having to do something. And that is a big frustration, especially on the grassroots side. There's some good stuff that he does that we're like, look, I'll give credit where credit's due, right? It just, you have to go a lot of layers and make sure that it's not just a news bite or a news reel and that it's actually real. Right. Well, I, you know, I, I look at where we are mm -hmm. and I think about the inauthenticity that is out there and it's, it really is overwhelming. You look yeah. at somebody like a Greg Abbott, you talked about him. I'll give you an example. Back in 2015, after he gotten elected um, as governor of Texas, he wrote a joke on social media that I saw, and it said, uh, oh, the Cowboys' defensive line is more wide open than our southern border. And I thought, you're in charge of that. Wow. You, yeah. It's a dereliction of duty, sir. You think that's funny? Yeah. Because I wear this little green bracelet. I've been wearing this green bracelet since 2019. I met a lady in Washington, D.C. Um, this is one of the reasons I decided to, to go and move from San Antonio to the Ozarks. And then that kind of started my journey here on, mm -hmm. on being off grid. I met Sabina Dur Durden at uh, the uh, Federation for Americans for Immigration Reform meeting. Mm -hmm. And she's an angel mom. Mm -hmm. And she lost her son, Dominic Durden. Now, I wear this every day. I told her I would. We had yeah. a great interview. She's just really touched my heart. She's just a wonderful lady. She's an immigrant. Yeah. She had a, her son, you know, uh, was uh, born here and he was working with the sheriff's department. He was killed by an illegal immigrant. And he didn't have to do, he didn't have to die. It was a dereliction of duty by our government right. not to regulate immigration, not to do the one job that they're supposed to do, which is right. secure the, for the defense, secure the defense of the nation. 
They didn't, he didn't do that. And Greg Abbott jokes about that. That boils my blood. Yeah. Like I hear that stuff and I hear these politicians and I think if I had the power mm-hmm. that you have, I could fix this, but because you don't have any integrity and you don't, you're not willing to do, make the hard choices, people die. Yeah. And it's not funny. You, you, you're causing, uh, I mean, Isaac Newton is onto something, you know, for every action, there's an equal opposite reaction. If you don't do sure. anything about one thing, there's just going to be all, uh, the causal effect. Of yes. So I wear this bracelet to remind myself to, if to, to engage when I, when I have the power to do something, to fix something, I do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And to call people out that, that have the power to, when they don't do things that are the right thing to do. Right. And uh, to always, ha- you know, to have that stead, you need, if you really believe in something, are you willing to die for it? You know, mm-hmm. it's like you, you watch these modern politicians and, um, you know, I don't know, people think some people are heroes and all this stuff. And I think, you know, when I was a kid, 19 years old, I was told to fill out my will and I had to pick somebody for my life insurance. So I picked my mother because I didn't have anybody else. It was just my mm-hmm. mother. $50,000 for the uh, SGLI life insurance yeah. for the army and uh, go to war. And if, you know, if you didn't charge into that room or you didn't, you know, uh, go into the firefight or you didn't drive your vehicle into a hostile area or whatever, uh, you went to jail or you would be considered a, uh, a traitor or you, I mean, technically you could be executed. I don't know if they do that anymore, but yeah. maybe, um, you know, for, for abandoning post or whatever, uh, allowing people to die or being, you know, and they, I think the last, uh, Don Jeffries talked about the, one of the last guys killed for abandonment was, uh, in world war two, hmm. White Eisenhower gave the order. Um, so it does happen, but so that's the standard that we're held to right? soldiers. And then I see these politicians and they just say things and then they're not held to anybody. That's a, that's no, I got off yeah. that rant because you mentioned Greg Abbott and, and yeah. that, that he's a representation of the, of the problem that we have, Yeah, which is un, lots of money. I mean, almost unlimited. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I mean, you read Gary Allen and then I didn't talk mm-hmm. about none dare call it conspiracies was the primer on the thing, the whole thing is rigged where, you know, yeah. both par- parties are funded by the same yep. entities and then both mm-hmm. capitalism and communism are the same thing. Like where yeah. you have, you know, you go back to the Bolshevik revolution mm-hmm. in 1917 or Mao's China in 49. These are all funded by the Rockefellers and Rothschilds and giant yep. banking consortiums. Yep. So the game is rigged. We mm-hmm. know that. Um, so moving forward, you know, you're talking about activism and stuff. Do, do you see... And I'll get your opinion on this. Let's let's go Mm -hmm. this route. I had a a really smart lady tell me, and I wish I'd have taken her advice when I was running for Congress. She said, uh, you should just start a pack. You should start a pack that and you create your own, uh, you know, uh, the planks for it. You Mm -hmm. create your own system Mm -hmm. and you endorse and raise money. You get volunteer. You create your own insular pack. She's like, that's the way to do it. Mm -hmm. Very smart. I yeah. didn't take her advice. <laughs> should have. Yeah, I should have. Um, but she was right about that. And I, I implore, like, would you ever consider maybe just taking your own, th- creating your own organization so you can control the integrity of that and maybe you know, orbit yeah. around these other things? Sure. So I will say, I know as small as this level is, but Grapevine Colleyville ISD, it's small, right? But we have... GCISD parents. I'm not even a parent, right? 
And from that, we have pack, we have pack money, we bet our own candidates, we run them, we do the ads, the campaign, the precinct chairs, like we, we have like an army, it works. And so that's at a very granular level. Now, granted, going at a bigger level, right? You're going to have to have more money, you know, but at least what we're seeing at this level is we went from a majority or minority to a, a majority to a supermajority in a couple of cycles. And so we started doing things a year before everyone else did in the state of Texas. So a year before it was popular, we got rid of CRT, the D, DEI stuff. We got rid of, um, you know, all the gender stuff that was going on. And we had a very lively, you know, experience that went all the way up to the national level. And then a year later, later we saw legislature rule the way that, you know, we have, we've been saying for a long time. And so with that level of organization and pack and money and super passionate concerned parents. Cause when you're talking about children and the things that are coming about children, um, everybody steps up to a different level, right? Of protection, because to us, this is, you get this, you're, you're a veteran, you're a soldier, right? Like I may not have served in the army, but I have a duty to the next generation to protect them. And so I may not have children, I may not have backlash, but I can speak very freely at those ISD meetings because I don't have a child that's going to get backlash. And so God calls me and other people to step up and say the unpopular things. Um, and so I am seeing at least on that, like a microcosm level, I'm seeing that plan play out and be very, it's contentious. It's, I think um, in GCISD, the number of people voting like is exponential every single election because these are getting so heated and so contentious. We have multiple like national, you know, publications that are made about what we're doing, but that just shows like we're doing it right. And then you're seeing, you know, South Lake Carroll ISD did it before us. And then after us, you're seeing Keller ISD do it. And so we're kind of like, at least when it comes to education, is we're starting this movement and we're pushing it back. And then what happens, and I really don't care, don't come to GCISD. You don't feel comfortable here, move away and just keep moving it out until they're in other jurisdictions outside of Texas. <laughs> I mean, I know that may sound like really ridiculous, but if you have, let's, let's say, for example, a county, um, you know, Montgomery County or Parker County, like these more conservative areas, and you have a ton of, you know, your judge, everyone, it is a kind of freezing effect on, you know, liberal infiltration, because they're like, no, let's just go to Dallas County. Like we can run everything. That's our show. You know, why would I want to be in an ISD? And there's even been some teachers that show up and they say, I'm quitting because I can't teach all the grooming stuff that I wanted to do. And you guys are playing rent free, the, the ISD people in our head all day long. And we're like, are we supposed to feel bad about it? Bye. Bye, Felicia. Leave. <laughs> you know, like, that's great that you're taking yourself out because we don't want you around our children. And now someone else can be hired that is now safe. So um, I think at least what I'm seeing at that level, it's, it's a really good formula. And, um, you know, if you're, 
if you're getting money from other people and, you know, all the ties and expectations at least. And then I saw the same thing in um, another county, Dallas County, actually with an Irving City Council race and what they're doing with an ISD. We're all doing really similar models of having our own pack and having our own parents and having really passionate people out there walking and their neighbors and they know each other and maybe they've known each other for 20 years and it's having an impact, you know? So. I, I had an idea years ago. I'm going to float this to you. I don't know if I've okay. talked about it on Paratruth or not, but I've talked about it to a couple of politicos and it's very counterintuitive. I'm not saying it would work. We'd need to bring, we need to find some volunteer statisticians to let me know if my logic is right. But I don't like the word democracy. Mm -mm. I don't like either. Yeah. I know what it tracks back to. Mm -hmm. I understand the history of yeah. that. That's the mob. It's yeah. very demonic. Yeah. No we have a republic, by the way. Yes. I don't like yeah. all these things. I don't more voting hasn't brought more freedom. It's that's mm -hmm. I mean, pretty evident. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, you look at the 17th Amendment where the bankers now get to elect our senators. This is a bad deal. Our our elect our national politics is garbage because of it. Mm -hmm. But I had an idea. Okay. And uh, for for what it's worth, um, you know, they love democracy. They love voting. They mm -hmm. love it. Love it. Mm -hmm. Why well, they let them choke on it? And when I have a an idea about people should we should have an organization of some kind where people can sign up and volunteer to get on the ballot. And instead of us all getting behind that one grassroots poor person who's like just up against this establishment guy who's going to send out, you know, if you're running for the Republican nomination in a, in a congressional district, that's a million bucks minimum because mm -hmm. the, because the guy with the money is going to run four or five mailers. They're going to yeah. have radio ads. They're going to have billboards. They're going to buy endorsements. They're going to do a lot of things for the precinct chairs and all mm -hmm. that. Poor, the, the Cause I've been the grassroots guy. Yeah. It's a pretty good amount of money. But it was and social media was real big. You know, I, I was ranked mm -hmm. top one of the top 100 people in the U.S. at one time for national for in that in the congressional candidates. Um, but it didn't matter because I didn't have that much. And I thought, mm -hmm. well, what really changed the race I was in, though, was the amount of people in it. Mm -hmm. And that is the key. So instead of running that one lone person, I know that everybody wants to, that's the ideological person. It's the mm -hmm. best. Fit. I get it. I understand it. But we've been doing this for generations, not working, especially when you have the two party system dominate everything. You got to get through the primary. Well, what if instead of having four people on the ballot, we had 40, you know, I mean, statistically, mathematically, you have every right in this country to run for office. So instead of like, you know, if we're running for Senate in, in Texas, you know, have four or five people always run against John Cornyn, mm -hmm. right? Make it 50 and make it with people with different initials that are similar. I mean, just the, yeah. the whole thing across the board, make it confusing because, you know, there was something that uh, I don't like William F. Buckley, but he said something. Mm -hmm. He's like, I trust the first hundred people in the phone book more than I trust the people in the Senate. <laughs> and I thought, that's a great idea. Uh, mm -hmm. Why don't we just run the first hundred people in the phone book? I mean, that that was my that's my answer to because you love democracy and all this stuff and you want voting and everything. I uh, fine, I uh, will just give it to you in spades. You know, um, <laughs> what is what is the former vice president Cactus Jack Garner? He says we're gonna give it to him with the bark on, and I like that. He's from Uvalde. He was uh, vice president under FDR. 
Exactly. So that's my idea. You don't have to mm-hmm. go down that rabbit hole. But if, yeah. if, if you ever in a meeting, so I talked to Tony Arnes, this crazy guy does this yeah. podcast. And let's let's game it out, right? Let's see I how just, it works. I just works. need a statistician. I just yeah. need smarter people than me with math yeah. and go, you know what, Tony, if there's so many people voting and you have this many, it'd yeah. have to be. So give me a formula because it seems like a way without a lot of money mm-hmm. to do it. You know, like, you know, it, what's it cost? Um, 2,500 bucks to get on a congressional ballot Mm -hmm. and you can get on there with signatures, by the way. Yeah. Without having to pay. Um, Yeah. So, but just an idea. I know Mm -hmm. that I'd have to mull it through at least like in the primary. (laughs) Well, we do know like in Texas in the last, whatever, a couple election or two ago, there was a Rick Perry that ran, but he wasn't Rick Perry. Right. There's a, there was a guy named uh, uh, Rick's different, like different initial Perry. And he garnered a, a few more votes than we thought he would just by his name. You know, there was a guy who ran after the year after I ran, and I think he was he was R Hall instead of Ralph Hall, and Ralph was retired. He went on the ballot, mm-hmm. and he got like fifteen percent of the vote. All he had was a business card. The I don't think the guy ever showed up to anything. Yes. He outpaced me by like you know leaps and bounds. So I thought, wow, that's that's kind of when I started thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, these guys rig it where there's only one person. If you're the we have a we have a higher return rate of office than the Politburo in the Soviet Union. We have a 96 percent incumbency return rate, mm-hmm. even communist Soviet Union, Russia at their height. You would have more variety of people coming in. I mean, that's mm-hmm. how locked into the system we are. So I don't think my ideas are, are you know, I something's got to help. I mean, yeah. there's, always, there's always a solution, right? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and just kind of expanding your mind. We just had professor Clements and uh, Doherty at our last uh, citizens defending freedom meeting. And they're big on election integrity and they're big numbers people. So perhaps we can get you in contact with at least Mr. Doherty and see if we could run a simulation, a, a some simulation kind, you know? or something, or test it out in the next primary. The primaries were pretty much call it Arterburn's algorithm or something. Okay, I don't know. No, um, right? I will right, say so- in the municipal race, so the IST race, they changed the rules for no runoffs. So whoever wins that first race wins. Like whoever gets the highest, even the highest. if they don't. That's what yes. I like. Yes. Yeah. And okay. so I liked it too, because that worked Yay. in our favor. <laughs> and the other people had more candidates, right? Whereas we had kind of honed it on ours. I don't know, just like presenting different options. It's like, okay, well, what are the rules of the game? Okay. For this race. Okay. Let's play it out. Yeah. I'm open. I'm open to suggestions. I also hate that word democracy, constitutional Republic. Every yes. time I hear it, I'm like Republic, <laughs> you know, I, win, I wince at it. It's like, Oh, yes. it's like, uh, the, was it the Washington post? Like democracy dies in darkness. And I'm like, yes. democracy <laughs> is darkness. It's what yes. the darkness is. <laughs> it's the dark side. Yes. Don't go to the yes. dark side. Yes. Um, all right. Well, you, we're, yeah. But you hear it on our side too, right? Like, like not us grassroots, but other talking heads, they'll still use that term interchangeably. And I'm like, you're part of the problem, you know? I mean, it's just, and then the lack of education, uh, because a lot of these meetings that we do, Sam Houston Council, 
John Birch Society, Concerned Citizens or Citizens Defending Freedom, um, and over and over and over again, it's education, 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 right? And so even people that are like deeply entrenched in doing this, we're still learning. I mean, I went to law school and I was a political science major and I didn't learn anything about the conventioning process from the precinct to the Senate delegate, to the state convention, to the national convention until I experienced it in real life. Like that's ridiculous. Right. And so, um, you know, my little niece, who's only six months old, like today we were teaching her like the pledges we're teaching her about, you know, all things Americana, because you have to, if you don't, if they don't grow up loving it, I mean, we're barely getting the whipped cream on top, right? Through the schooling system. And so in our households, like we have to train them up, right? And I like that we have this education leg, but I'm very much about take the education and then put it into action, right? What can I learn and what can I super quickly activate? And so I think at least on the Republican side, I think the Democrats are a little bit more organized like an army, right? And they don't really, they're not individualist. They're just like, tell me what to do. And I go do that order. And we're more like, let's hear it. Let's mull about it. And let's not do anything. And let's just like fall into our factions. And so we have, because we are, in, especially Texans, right? Texans are like, I'm super individual. You can't tell me what to do. And so then put like the the right and the Republican on them as well. It's kind of like herding cat and getting people to like actually do something. And so we're trying to do that relationally. And hopefully, hopefully I have like a really good outcome one year from now about all the progress and the victories. And I know we'll have battles and I know that we'll have scars, but I pray that the victories outnumber the battles and the scars and even through the battles and scars that we will learn something and teach it so that, and, and that's another thing. We don't have a lot of secession planning. So like, I don't know, you probably don't go to as many Republican meetings, but like, what's the median age, right? Like I'm 41 and I'm considered young. <laughs> that's a problem. <laughs> and like how many people that are precinct chairs are under 20? We may have two people, right? I mean, and then for the people that are 75, 85, 65, you don't really see them like training up. Well, who's going to take over, right? Who's my army? Where, how many captains do I have? You know, how many people have I taught how to do the resolution process? It's just like a hoarding of power kind of to that book that we talked about with the haves and the haves dots, right? right? You're in the club or you're out of the club. And so um, these are all realities, you know, we could have whole other shows on those topics, but uh, that's currently the reality that I'm swimming in right now. Well, I will definitely uh, keep you in my prayers, young boy. <laughs> you uh, too. Got, you too. You've got good things going on. I'm glad you're out there. I'm glad you're in the, in the trenches, uh, doing the heavy lifting. I'm we're reaching the not the end of the show, perhaps. I'm yeah. still. Gonna, I want you to tell people sure. where they can find you all that stuff. But um, are you are you willing to do? Uh, four or five subjects, kind of a lightning round, one to two sentences. I say something, you tell sure. me what you think. Okay, sure. Okay, we'll do it. This it could is be fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do this stream of consciousness. By the okay. way, I, I, these are not written down. Uh, I was just thinking as we're ending the show. Um, just a variety of topics. Uh, I'll throw out a name. You give me one to two sentences, and then may I'll think of my next thing. Uh, George W. Bush. <laughs> um, I will say first thing that comes to mind is 9/11. 
farce uniparty run. <laughs> like oh, run from it. that family. Good answer. <laughs> good answer. Good. No hedge. She did not hedge at all, ladies and gentlemen. She threw it right in there. We went for the it's like the the Jeffrey Epstein painting he had in his house with George. Oh, Bush that's like the first thing that came to my mind, right? Like that's how right. sick. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good because my second one I was going to ask you about 9-11. We can skip that. Okay. Okay. Yes. We can skip that. Uh, deep state. I would say deep state is everything that is wrong with this country. It is what is crippling this country right now. Ooh, I just like literally in my spirit got kind of like a sickening feeling in my stomach. Um, it's the deception. It's the lies. It's everything that is fueling the division of the people who are actually a lot more united than this sequestered and divided country. I mean, really, it is the root. And, and that has a very demonic tie to it. And so those of us that are children of the light, we can overcome it. We have overcome it through Christ. And so doing what you do, which is disseminating truth um, with, you know, actions of the grassroots, we will crush this thing. I like that. Okay. The Alamo. Um, I mean, immediately I get very patriotic. So um, I want to, I want to give a shout out actually to uh, the, this is Texas Freedom Force because right. they protected uh, the Cenotaph in the Alamo when the, the mob came and, and tried to destroy it around the George Floyd riots. And so, um, you know, we should protect and preserve and honor that. Um, got to the Alamo. The uh, yeah. I wrote, I wrote the first article about saving the Alamo from George yes. yeah. and it did some good. There was some activism that actually did some good because the cenotaph still stands there. They were yes. going to yeah. yeah. so, uh, move it. It, I mean, it would have broken it. It would have ruined yeah. it. And, and, you know, yeah. just, just, uh, you know, uh, Again, uh, selling the memories of the people that actually worked hard to get that monument there in the first place. Absolutely. Um, let's see. We, we covered what else I wanted to ask you, and I get off on these tangents, and then I forget because I asked fun. You, I like this. Yeah. I asked, <laughs> you, I asked you about the Alamo. I, was, mm -hmm. I, had I wanted to ask you about um, the uh, military-industrial complex. I mean, it's something that every single United States president, besides maybe Trump to a degree, has latched onto. And it's just, it's a death machine, right? It's a profit in a death machine. And so for the people that served like you, God bless you and thank you. And our prayers are for every single veteran um, that has come out and maybe has a level of heaviness because of this machine. Um, but so many good veterans and soldiers and active military right now, God sees them and what they're doing. And he's, he's going to take care of them no matter what this machine is in the background, right? Um, that you may struggle with reconciling when you get out of it. God has a heart for those that are willing to die for perfect strangers. Well, I like that. So is a spirit of brotherhood. I mean, mm -hmm. I got to serve with the warrior class and you think about the evil yeah. that they sent us into and we could have been, you know, they used the, 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 
the weaponry and the the armament and all the training and all the stuff and it's just wasted yeah. and again not only wasted but used in an improper manner and you yeah. can't blame the can't blame the troops mm -mm. You can't it for for what's going on yeah um but i think you're right and and uh, there will be a reckoning i mean there's, yeah. there's so many people that i serve with are already i mean they're just like they're they're not maybe where i am at but they're close mm -hmm. You know, like this is, and there was a lot of veterans that joined the Ron Paul revolution, which I thought was mm -hmm. great. A lot of people that served in the uh, Iraq and Afghanistan. So I like, I like all your answers. <laughs> yeah. You're, you sound, you sound so not like a politico. And the <laughs> politicos are like dead souled automatons that are like waiting to get their, uh, you know, their, their lunch card for the, uh, the buffet on K street. And you're not doing that. You're not trying to get to DC. Yeah. All right. So final question that we're going to talk about where people can find you and, and sure. have stuff. The lady on the plane in Dallas. <laughs> she's been recently identified as a marketing executive in Dallas. Right. Uh, I want to hire her. I want to <laughs> try to hire her. Because okay. Uh, real or not real? The person that she saw was that person real? <laughs> what would we get to, what, your best, your best assessment. She really wanted to get off that plane. Do you think she came across a? Uh, <laughs> it's so bizarre because looking at her, it looked like a really real reaction to fear. Did it not? I mean, to me, it did. Um, you know, we can go back and forth with the reptilians, right? And like whether that is or isn't. Um, now, knowing the marketing side of it, look, I have a law degree. I do a lot with marketing, kind of ingenious marketing. So I think I'm leaning a little bit more towards a farce and okay. a lie so that she would, you know, create whatever she was trying to create for herself and in her situation. Well, that's interesting. I mean, you're using discernment and common sense and Occam's razor, right? Which... Mm -hmm. You know, the simplest explanation is usually the best one. Or like maybe right. she had too many drinks or maybe she's stu it's a stunt. What about uh, you? What do you think? Well, three years ago or five years ago, if you'd asked me, I said, I don't know. She just seems like maybe she's pilled up. She having a bad right. day. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm just like, oh, she just might have sat next to a lizard person. I mean, I'm just kind of <laughs> I'm at that place in my life. I mean, I literally if Joe Biden came out and just pulled his mask off and he was I a mean, lizard, I'd go. Yeah. So what else? You know, and like the the whole thing with UFOs now. Yeah. What to call them? UAPs, Tony. I'm not right. doing rebranding. It's like when they wanted to rebrand ISIS to ISIL. I'm like, I don't follow your lead. It is the brand. You don't yeah. get to change it. You and don't get to like, change it. Yeah. This is a new Coke. You know, you don't get to go <laughs> do that. Um. So I, I'm. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, yeah. It, again. Um. We have. We could do this again too. We could do a, yeah. lot, lots more. Lots more to discuss. Um. But uh, I, I would have to say that I, I would think that the uh, lady had saw something, but I don't know anymore. I know. Um, it's, it's a, it's a strange reality, um, very strange reality. So, um, tell people where they can find you, and if yeah. there's a way to support you and what you're doing, yeah. uh, you work out there on the, in the grassroots. Yeah. So, for anyone in Texas that wants to get plugged in and they want to become a precinct chair, they want to become election judge, they want to help us at the grassroots level. And they also want to see some other organizations that are good grassroots. SaveTexasRally.com. My best friend, Luli uh, Sari, started that. She's a wonderful, fabulous woman from Argentina that knows communism and knows everything horrible and is going to do everything she can to protect this country. So SaveTexasRally.com. 
you can find me, um, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, all of my personal pages are there. Uh, but get plugged in. You can fill out a form. We'll make sure and give you everything that we're doing with the Sam Houston Council, John Birch Society, all these different organizations um, locally, and then help you throughout the state of Texas. If you're in a different state, let us know. We will. We have contacts, you know, through the the grassroots network, and we'll we'll help you get plugged in with good people. Well, Rosalie, I, again, so great to have you here. Thank it's you. It's been a fun conversation. Yes. I can't wait to put it up on the podcast channel. Thank you. Uh, you exceeded all of my expectations. Oh, I felt like so, I didn't do nearly enough. Thank you for everything that you shared. These are what well. the, I built the show for this. Like this, yeah. you know, I have my my podcast, the Art of Burn Radio Transmission, which is my radio show, mm -hmm. and it goes out on a bunch of different networks. And Paratruther is meant for this. Like just yeah. people that have that have a voice and that, that are wanting to to make a difference and then let's just talk about ideas and none sure. of your ideas are bad yeah i mean <laughs> i think robert kiyosaki said the intelligence uh to measure intelligence if you agree with me your intelligence so <laughs> it's a little bit of a we're tracking on a lot of different subjects <laughs> all right so well folks um follow her uh, give her a shout out, go find her on social media and help her out. You know, she's got, she's got uh, information to spread and she wants to make the world a better place and, and uh, keep uh, liberty and freedom alive in this country. This, it is the last best hope, ladies and gentlemen. We can't, we yeah. can't let this perish. We can't let it fade from the face of the earth. So let's, uh, let's all do our part, even though politics is politics. I get <laughs> it. Um, we still have to do something, even if it's just, sharing a link and spreading ideas yeah uh because again uh in the information war as i always say be a paratruther we'll see you next time <laughs>